0: Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. Thank you to Edward who sent a donation along via the Zelle app. And you can also uh, become one of our uh, ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month. And thank you to Idle and I hope I pronounced that correctly, for uh, becoming our latest uh, Patreon supporter at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Well, now it's time for today's episode of Casey Crime Photographer. The original air date July the 17th, 1947, and the title is Casey and the Self-Made Hero. The Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation... Brings you Crime Photographer.
1: Casey, did you see where my niece got engaged
2: last week? Oh, is her name Princess Elizabeth?
1: No, her name's Jane.
2: Then I didn't see it.
1: How do you like that? If you're not royalty, no one knows what happens to you. You don't
2: have to be
3: royalty, Ethelbert. You just got to be famous. Sure, like Anchor Hawking, the most famous name in glass. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Tony Marvin. Every week at this time, the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation of Lancaster, Ohio, and its more than 10,000 employees bring you another adventure of Casey, crime photographer, ace cameraman who covers the crime news of a great city. Written by Alonzo Dean Cole, our adventure for tonight, Self-Made Hero. (laughs) Casey, like most news cameramen, has a radio in his automobile that he keeps tuned to police calls. Tonight, as he and reporter Ann Williams drive leisurely toward the express building after covering a routine assignment.
4: Calling car 55. Car 55. Come in, car 55. Car 55,
5: Sergeant Brennan.
4: Hey, hey we know Sergeant Brennan, He's a good pal of mine, Annie. I didn't know they had him on Between prowl Clark car duty. Clark and Briscoll. Report of shooting there. Proceed a to shooting, alleyway shooting on... Hey, wait a minute. It'll be repeated. Listen. Clark and Frisco. Report of shooting there. No further details. That is all. Oh, more Casey. Like we're only a few blocks from there. Maybe there's a story. With pictures. Next stop, 12th Street. Between Clark and Driscoll. Oh, the usual crowd's collected, Casey.
2: And there comes a police car, Annie. We're getting here a jump ahead of Brannon. Get out. Come on. Okay. All right.
4: Get back, you people. Get back. This ain't no service. Oh, there's a patrolman over
6: there, too. The young fellow
2: beside him must have had something to do with the shooting. Back.
6: Why, he's just a tall, lanky boy. I can't get back,
2: everybody. That means you and this lady, mister. And hey, We're press officers. Oh, you're press, huh? That's right. <laughs> the car. Uh, well, Here comes your sergeant. He knows it. Hello there, Brannon. Oh, hiya, Casey. Hello,
5: Miss Williams.
7: Hello, Sergeant.
5: What's the trouble, Johnson? Why, this young fellow here, Sergeant, he says someone took a couple of pot
2: shots at him back in that alleyway.
7: I didn't call for assistance, officer, until I'd done everything possible to help myself.
5: Well, let's get inside this cigar store. Then it can tell me what happened? Come on, Casey. All right, move back on, there. Move. Let us through, on, will you? There. Come on, at one side. Well, then, let's have your story, Bud. What's your name?
7: The name is Wellington Cliffside. Only one F in Cliffside. At present, employed as junior pharmacist at Black's Tenth Street Drug Store. Uh-huh. I uh, see you carry a camera, Mister uh, uh, Casey.
5: Uh, yeah, yeah.
7: Well, any time you say, I believe in cooperating with the newspapers. Now,
5: wait a minute. I'm only a cop, but I still want to know what this shooting was about.
7: Oh, certainly, Sergeant. Well, as I've already told Officer uh, Johnson, during the past month I became suspicious of two men who've been making telephone calls from the drugstore.
1: Mm-hmm.
7: Well, I made it my business to overhear parts of their conversation. And what I heard, Sergeant, convinced me that they are spies. Spies? Mm, foreign agents. Well, they must have become suspicious of my suspicions. For tonight, they, uh, they acted. Acted? Yes, sir. Uh, A few minutes ago, I was standing there at the corner waiting for a young lady of my, uh, acquaintance.
5: Uh, When, uh,
7: these two men passed me.
5: The two men have been making the mysterious phone calls, huh?
7: Yes, sir. I saw them go into the dark, deserted alley back of us. I followed them. Now I know they meant to lure me to my death. But when I entered the alley. He says I... they
5: grabbed him, Sergeant. Let but... him tell the story, Johnson.
7: Yes. Well, they seized me, Sergeant. One of them slashed at me with a knife. Oh, look. You can see the tears he made in my overcoat.
5: Uh, there in the left sleeve, huh?
7: Mm hmm. And uh, here in the front.
5: The knife didn't get stuck into you yourself?
7: No, no. I broke away, and they ran with me in hot pursuit. Mm uh-huh. hmm. Then they pulled guns and started shooting.
5: Their bullets missed you. <sighs>
7: well, I was lucky. I-, I chased him to the end of the alley.
5: With them shooting?
7: Well, I considered it my duty, Sergeant.
5: Then what happened?
7: Then I found that they disappeared, probably into one of the buildings on this street. I knew I couldn't find them all by myself, so I yelled. Huh? I should say I shouted first. This policeman came up and, uh, well, he can tell you the rest.
2: There ain't no rest, Sarge. Except I couldn't find
5: no mysterious strangers around like this young fellow described. Okay, Johnson, did this guy show you where the shooting and stabbing took place in that alley? Uh, yes, I did, Sergeant. I'll show you. You okay. stay here. Roberts. Yes, sir? You keep Mr. Wellington Rockside Company while I have a look around out here. Come on, Johnson, and show uh, it's me. It's
7: Wellington Cliffside, Sergeant. Okay, thanks. You're welcome. Well, Mr. Casey, I suppose you want to take some pictures of me for your newspaper.
2: Mm, yeah, yeah, I think you're worth a couple of pictures, though. Now, uh, hold up that overcoat sleeve to show the tear in it while I back off and get you in focus. All right.
7: that's a terribly phony story that he told, Casey.
2: <laughs> Phonies can make good laugh copy, Annie. Kid's an amateur Dick Tracy. Uh,
7: I'll <laughs> hold out the front of my overcoat, too, Mr. Casey, so you can get a picture of the knife cut there. Yeah, that'll be
2: fine. Okay, Wellington, now hold it. Thank you.
6: Wellington! Lincoln. Myrna,
4: look at that girl, Casey. Okay, Bobby sucks, Kid.
6: Oh, Wellington, they told me how those awful men had tried to kill you. Oh, well, you're not hurt.
7: Oh, well, I, I got the best of them, Myrna. But you can see what they did to my coat.
6: <gasps> Wellington. Oh, isn't it lucky you had on your old one?
2: Uh, excuse me, Mr. Uh, Cliffside. Yes? Is this the young lady you were waiting for? When, oh, uh, yes,
6: yes, Mr. Casey. Uh, Miss
7: Williams, Mr. Casey, this is uh, Miss Myrna Adams. Uh, Mr. Casey is on a newspaper, Myrna. He's just been taking pictures of me. How
2: do you do, Miss
7: Adams? I knew
6: all about those spies Wellington was after, Mr. Casey. I was the only one he told about them. Oh, Wellington, you've been wonderful. If they'd hurt you, I don't know what I'd do.
7: Uh, oh, gee, Myrna, it was... Uh, Sergeant Brandon's coming back, Casey, and there's a woman with him. Ah, uh, Sergeant, uh, did you find any clues in the alley that might help us catch those spies? Plenty,
5: young fella. Is uh, this the guy, Mrs. Levy?
7: That's him,
4: Sergeant.
3: That long string bean of a kid. What? This
5: what? lady lives in the... Flat building next to the alley. She happened to be looking out of her window when you were cutting holes in your own coat with a penknife.
7: All the windows were dark in the alley.
6: The alley was dark. I got the kind of eyes that see good at night. And why should I burn electricity when I'm only looking out my window? I mind my own business. I wouldn't tell the cops if they hadn't come asking me if I saw something.
5: And she saw you fire those shots. I... I didn't fire any shots. No, but you set off some homemade firecrackers that sounded like shots. Here's pieces of them I found back there. Sergeant, look, I... I...
6: saw you light a match to those firecrackers, young man. Firecrackers? Myrna. There weren't any spies. No one tried to kill you. This was all a bluff. Myrna, look, You, I... you cheater, you cheap rug cutter, you... you firecracker shooter, you faker. You got to listen to me. I never want to see you again.
7: Don't go away, Myrna, don't. Yeah, you stay here, mister. What do you? I got to explain to her. You got to let me explain, Sergeant, please.
5: She's gone. You've got some explaining to do to the judge after I run you in. Hey, Roberts, make out your report on this guy and we'll take him to the station.
4: Okay, Sergeant, come on. All right, all right. Hey, hey, Brandon. Yeah, what, Casey?
2: Don't run that kid in. And why not? Well, couldn't you see he was making a grandstand play for that Bobby Sox gal, and it flopped. Well, he's already taken one on the chin and hard. Now
5: look, Casey, we cops have too much trouble with his kind of. I know, I know, but do
2: me a favor, will you, Brandon? I'll do one for you sometime.
5: I don't make trades, but I don't get any kick out of pinching goofy kids either. Look, Casey, you can have Wellington Brookside if you only take him away from here. If you don't, well. That mob out there has heard what's happened, and they'll, they'll kid him right. No, and... I'll take him away. Okay, thanks, Casey. I'll tell him to get in your car. Hey, what's the idea,
4: Casey?
2: I don't like to see a kid KO'd twice in one night, Annie. Look, and when you get to the office, kid, don't write this story, for laughs or otherwise. I'm forgetting the pictures
7: I took. So... Oh, I get it. Okay. All right,
2: come on. I'm going to drive a kid home, and I'll drop you on the way. <laughs>
7: Well, here you are, Annie.
4: Okay. So long, Casey. Goodbye, Wellington.
7: Goodbye, Miss Williams. See you in a little while, Annie.
4: Okay.
2: Hey, uh, kid, is that, uh, that Wellington name, is that on the level?
7: My name is Jack. Jack. Oh, my name. Okay, Jack. I, I, I don't want to bother you, Mr. Casey. It's no bother.
2: Look, forget that mister stuff. Just plain Casey's all I rate. Cigarette?
7: Yeah, thanks. I was too ashamed to open my mouth while Miss Williams was with us. Now I want you to know why I... why well, I think it was swell of you to talk the cops into letting me go. Uh,
2: Sergeant Brannan was only looking for an excuse not to run you in. He's a regular guy.
7: I deserve to be run in. I must have been crazy to think I could get away with what I tried to do.
2: Mm. Well, all of us are a little nutty at times, I guess. We get over it, though. Mm. Here's some matches for that cigarette.
7: Huh? Oh, thanks.
2: Pretty kid, Miss Adams. Yeah. You like to, uh, tell me about her? Often does a guy good to get things off his chest.
7: Yeah. Mr. Casey, I've got a bum back.
2: You got? A bum back?
7: I fell down a flight of stairs a couple of years ago, and now I've got to wear a steel corset to keep it in place.
2: Oh. Your bum back and the steel corset have anything to do with everything?
7: You see, Myrna, Miss Adams, admires guys who who do things. You know, like Clark Gable and Gary Cooper in the movies. Oh, I see. Well, I told her about my bum back. But I said it got hurt while I was playing football. I said I'd been the star halfback in high school. Then she found out i have never been a good enough athlete to even get on a girl's softball team. And that I just stumbled over my own feet going downstairs. Since then, she hasn't believed anything I've told her. Except for maybe a minute tonight before the cops called my bluff. She thinks I am. Well, just what I am. Big, skinny clown who can't do anything regular guys can do. Uh, that's out of my own imagination. Hmm.
2: Uh, maybe if somebody talked to uh, uh, Myrna, she might look at things
7: a little differently.
2: Miss Williams might do that.
7: No, no, Miss Williams is another girl. She couldn't do any good. You might, though. Me? Yeah, she respects old guys. Uh, Old? (laughs) Well, I don't mean you're so very old, but you must be all of 30.
2: Yeah? Pretty ancient,
7: huh? And you're in the newspaper, racket. You must know cops and murderers and... Gee, I bet you've even talked to G-men and movie stars. Oh, Myrna will think you're almost as important a guy as it's Clark Gable Or well, even Humphrey Bogart Oh, now, wait Oh, she'll listen to you, Casey Will you go to her and explain that I'm not Not just a heel Now, listen, Jack Oh, please, I Casey
2: Well, okay, fella
7: Oh, gee Thanks <laughs>
6: No use, Mr. Casey. I think it's very fine of you to try to defend Mr. Cliffside, but I never want to hear his name again. I consider him a drip.
2: Oh, no! don't be like that, Miss Adams. He's a nice kid and he's crazy about you. No,
6: Mr. Casey. He and I are, are through forever.
2: I'm sorry. Uh, well, I... Nothing more I can say, so I'll shove off. Oh,
6: don't rush away. You've talked so much about Mr. Clipside, I haven't heard a thing about you. Me? Uh-huh. You've rescued people from burning buildings and captured burglars single-handed, and... <sighs> you're a real hero. Uh,
2: whoever told you that was having a pipe dream.
6: Oh, no, you're just being modest, like I think all men should be.
2: I... Say, look, where did I put my hat,
6: Miss Adams? Oh, come on. Please sit down, Mr. Casey. Uh, And let's get better acquainted. Uh... There. I've always wanted to meet a man like you.
3: We'll continue in just a moment. Good evening, Dorothy.
6: Hello, Tony. What's our subject tonight?
3: Pie plates.
6: Pie plates?
3: Mm-hmm. Pie plates. Not ordinary pie plates, but a new kind of pie plate. The biggest bargain in years.
6: Why, it's made of glass.
3: Well, this is the Anchor Hogging Program, and this new Fire King Oven Glass Pie Plate is something special. For instance... It bakes pie you can be proud of, not once in a while, but every time. Crusts are light, fluffy, and well-browned and never scorched. And it comes clean almost instantly without scrubbing. Well,
4: you've sold me, Tony.
3: Yes, this big nine-inch Fire King oven glass pie plate with a two-year guarantee against oven breakage is being featured tomorrow and Saturday at five- and ten-cent stores and all stores that sell household glass at a special bargain price of only 25 cents, uh, slightly more in distant cities. Look for the Fire King label. Ask for it by name. Not just an oven glass pie plate, but a Fire King oven glass pie plate. A product of Anchor Hawking. The most famous name in glass
2: Give me a cup of black coffee, Ethelbert Okay, Casey
1: You want one, Miss Williams? No, thanks, Ethelbert Casey, you look like you've got trouble.
4: Uh... <laughs> I'll say he has Ethelbert in a neat red-headed package. trimmed with short skirts and a pair of bobby socks, a hero worship complex, and a, a very unbashful personality.
2: It isn't funny, Ann. <laughs> You're talking about a woman, huh? Oh, not a woman, no. A goofy 17-year-old kid that ought to be spanked. Wish I had the nerve to do it.
4: <laughs> She's developed a crush on Casey. Phones in at the office several times a day and waits for him on the street so she can gaze at
1: him and sigh. Casey, how did you get yourself into anything like that? You ain't no cradle snatcher.
2: Ethelbert, all I did was to call on her one afternoon last week in order to, to, well, to try and square something for somebody else.
1: She isn't the girl that Cliffside kid set off the firecrackers on account (laughs) of.
4: That too. Hmm? But Cliffside doesn't know yet that Casey squared things so beautifully. Will you get it, Walter?
2: I put off telling him that he won't listen to anything that I say in his favor because, well, well, he's miserable enough as it is. You know, he phones me a couple of times a day, too, to ask how I'm making out with her. I can't stall him much longer. Oh, I must have been nuts to get myself mixed up in something like this.
5: <laughs> uh, telephone for you, Mr. Casey. Why? Who is it? Uh, uh Mr. Cliff Sides.
2: Aye, aye, aye. Thought I was about to for my nightly call from him He's probably been trying to get me at the office Well, then. since
4: you can't help him You better stop stalling and tell him the truth, Casey Oh, I can't, I can't
2: Annie I... Excuse me You
1: know, Miss Williams Casey sure has a talent For getting himself
4: into situations that he's
2: He get out Hello Casey Yeah, Jack, how are you, fella?
7: Casey, I... I've... I've just learned the truth Huh? About you and Myrna What do you mean? I met her on the street a while ago he told me nothing could ever be fixed up between her and me and that she was in love with you.
2: Dave, now,
0: listen, kid. I just well
7: stunned you, Paul. Kidding me into thinking you were my friend and then double-crossing me. Listen to me. I've listened to you long enough. i called up now to let you know that what you've done is the last straw. When I leave this phone, I'm going to the river. The river? I don't want to live any longer, Casey. I'm going to end it all.
4: You young dope, where are you?
7: Never mind where I am. Jack, I've got to meet you. I've got to talk to you. You or no one else is ever going to talk to me again. I won't be in your way after tonight, Chasey. You can have Myrna. I don't
2: want Myrna. Jack.
7: Come on, is... Chasey. Jack. Hey, kid. Hey.
2: Operator.
6: Yeah. Operator. Operator. This is the operator. At,
2: uh, look, what was the number that just called here?
6: You've been disconnected, sir. I know that.
2: Oh, never mind. Annie.
6: Yes, Casey. Annie,
2: that darn fool kid says he's going to throw himself in the river. What? The way you sounded, I don't think he's bluffing. we got to stop him, Annie. You know where he is? No. But there's only one place that kid had picked for a suicide, the cliff at Rocky Point. You
4: mean the place they call Lover's Leap? Yes. Oh, but Casey, that's... Right I out know on the how
2: up... far it is, Annie. But he wasn't calling from around there because there isn't a public telephone within a mile of the place. He'll have to reach it by bus, but we've got a car. Look, Annie, I may need you to convince him that I'm not trying to steal his murder. Come on. <laughs>
4: If that crazy kid has picked another spot on the river to throw himself no, in I'm not afraid I...
2: of that, Annie. What I'm afraid of is we may not get there in time. If he does jump in, I'll be responsible. Now, don't
7: talk like that.
2: It's such a mess of it.
7: No, you have not. It was that little fool of a girl who did that. I'd
4: like to wring her neck. There's well, no use blaming her.
2: No. Mr. Barge you'd better go with the car. I'll run it off the road among the trees here and turn off the lights. If he saw it, he'd suspect I was after him. Maybe he'd get away he really hasn't gotten near ahead of us well, now and stop already. i
4: thinking like that, Casey.
2: Well, get out of the car and come on, Annie. All right. We'll go out to the cliff through these trees. It's pretty bright to be seen on the road.
7: Well, this is a horrible, desolate place.
2: Yeah. Annie, we can see the edge of the cliff from here. And there's no one on it.
4: Well, that means he hasn't gotten here yet.
2: They I mean he has gotten now, here. Now, and...
4: stop imagining things. Casey. Someone's coming through the trees on the other side of the road down there. Well, I see. Someone tall and lanky.
2: It's the kid. He's going toward the edge, Jack. Yeah,
4: he sees you. He's running, too, for the edge. Hey,
2: wait, wait, kid, kid, wait!
7: I gotta talk to you! No one's ever gonna talk to me again! Jack, you've
4: got to let me
5: Run, talk
7: Run, Casey! You. He's
6: almost at the edge! Kids,
7: stop! We can't
6: reach him in time! Oh, he stumbled! Grab him before he gets up! Jack! I got him! Let me get over here!
7: He hadn't stumbled! He He's only a few feet away me, from the ledge. Casey,
2: young fellow for the scare you've given
7: us out to knock your teeth Why out. Why don't you stop me? Why do you care what happens to well, me? He shouldn't care. Can't you
4: realize that Casey's only interested in Myrna because, well, he was trying to help you. And let this sink in. If I weren't sure that he couldn't have any romantic notions about a child like your Myrna, I wouldn't be here with him. You I mean that... You I mean that your Casey's real girlfriend is with me. Why? Well, just use your own judgment. You have any.
7: I should have figured that. Out. I'm sorry, Kate.
2: Okay, kid. Now we're taking her back to town. We'll cut through these woods to the car.
7: <sighs> All right. I can't stop you from taking me back, but I still don't want to live, Kate. While I was wrong about you, I wasn't wrong about having lost Myrna. She told me herself tonight that she hated me. Jack, there are millions of girls in the world. Must you have just one particular one? I don't want anybody else.
2: Ever. Oh, brother, you're a true monogamist. Hey, car's turned into the road. Wait a minute. Wonder if the driver knows it's a dead end at the edge of the cliff. Yeah. If he's seen where he was heading, he stopped. Hey, wait. Let's see who this is.
7: Hey, Casey. That man getting out.
2: Holding his hands above his head. Yeah.
7: The guy getting out behind him has a gun. Man. That guy with a gun is Blackie Owen. The racketeer. Yes.
6: Don't oh, Blackie. Give me a chance. Oh, do no. ah! Oh, he shot him. Casey. Shh, be
2: quiet, both of you. Keep back of these trees out of sight. Okay. Blackie like Owens is a dead shot and none of us has a gun. He knew we'd seen what we have seen. Our lives wouldn't be worth a nickel.
7: He's getting back in the car. He's driving away. Wait.
2: Don't move from here until he turns off this branch road. Okay. Now let's go over and look at the body. Annie, Blackie Owens is one of the dirtiest gang leaders in this town. The cops have never been able to nail him. What we've just seen will send him to the chair and give us a front-page exclusive. Jack, I could kiss you. We wouldn't have been here if it hadn't been for you.
7: Casey, how can you think of front pages when you've just seen a guy murdered?
2: Get used to things like murder in the newspaper racket. Uh, Hmm, well, there he is.
4: Uh, do you uh, recognize him, Casey? I
2: certainly do. That gives me a good reason not to be too unhappy about this shooting. The guy who just had his last ride was Twist Yakov. Why,
4: well, he was Blackie Owens' chief gunman. That's
2: right, Annie. Blackie gave it to him right between the eyes. He... He's dead. At the last year's Daisy. I've
7: never seen a dead guy before. It's
2: awful. Yeah. Remember that the next time you think of bumping yourself off, kid. Now come on to the car. Let me get a camera and shoot some pictures of this.
4: There'll be no what? What? Ah. Casey. Hello, Blackie. Stick up your hands. All of you. Okay. I wouldn't have come back if I hadn't seen your car parked off the road after I turned the bend. It gave me the idea that there might have been witnesses to what occurred here a few minutes ago. And I don't want witnesses. He's going to kill us. Take it easy, Jack. (laughs) Young man, unfortunately, for all of you, is right. You see, I prepared a very good alibi for this evening that your testimony would kind of (laughs) spoil. I'll give you all your choice. Where would you like it? Between the eyes, like Yakko, through the heart of in the stomach. <laughs> you know, I pride myself that I never miss.
2: If it's all the same to you, Blackie, I'd prefer not to be shot. <gasps> <gasps> oh, Casey!
6: Ah.
7: Yeah, you should have known better than to stand so close to a guy you meant to plug. You got his gun, Casey. You got his gun. Oh, yes, Casey. I
2: have. Now, Blackie, we'll go to my car and get a camera and take some nice pictures of you. <laughs> uh, now, you... be good. Stick your hands in the air and get going.
4: Okay, but don't you want this... What are you picking up there? Can't huh? you see? A pair of gloves. The lady dropped them when she stuck up her hands a minute ago. I oh, used leaving them on the road. Yeah, miss. Oh, yeah, they are my
7: gloves. Hey, Casey! He's grabbed it! Let her go! Drop
4: that gun you took from me, Casey. If you try to shoot it, you'll have to shoot through this thing first. Go and her
7: in front Let of him. go! Let me
4: go! I always carry two gats. And you gave me a chance to get the second one, sap.
1: Go.
4: Now drop that rod or I shoot this dame. Go on. Drop it.
2: You'll win, Blackie.
4: Ah, I thought I would. Now get over there with your friends, oh, right. lady. I want to see you all in line like three pipes in a shooting gallery. You're going to be first. Me? you get it in the belly. Jack! I killed him. Yeah, that's right. Guess I'll save you to the last, Casey. Lady, you're next. I'm going to make this shot for Jack. Right between the eyes. That.
7: Those shots! Casey! Blackie's fallen! I shot him, Casey. I got him, Miss Williams. Jack, Jack, you shot him! The bullet he shot at me hit the steel of the corset I wear for my back. I glanced off but I pretended I was dead, and I, I fell close to the gun. He made you drop, Casey. I, oh, I, I, I've never shot anyone before.
2: Boy, I'm glad you shot somebody this time, kid.
7: I am a hero. I am a hero.
3: We'll join the crowd at the Blue Note in just a moment. EXTRA! Extra! Read all about it. Great new discovery makes beer and ale easy to enjoy. It's a new kind of bottle. A different kind of bottle. It requires no deposit. No fussing with penny. You don't have to return it. No
6: bother with empty.
3: Just pour out the beer. And throw the bottle away. It's light as a feather. No
6: arm-weary lugging.
3: It's sturdy and
6: compact. Saves space in the icebox.
3: It's easy to open. And safe to drink from.
6: It belongs on the table.
3: It's at home on a picnic. And, brother, what flavor? That true brewery flavor. Protected by good. As only glass can protect it. Yes, the revolutionary new Anchor Glass one way no deposit bottle is sweeping America. For flavor that's brewery bright, demand beer in bottles. For safety and convenience, demand your favorite brand in the new Anchor Glass one way no deposit bottle. Product of Anchor Hocking. The most famous name in glass. <laughs>
1: didn't you and Miss Williams kind of overdo that stuff about Wellington Cliffside in this morning's paper? No guy's ever been that much of a nature's
2: noble man. <laughs> Boy, you'd have thought he was if you'd been there, Ethel. Uh-huh,
1: I'm standing
4: in our exact spot.
1: Well, maybe you're right. How did it go down with his girlfriend, who wanted to be Casey's girlfriend? <laughs>
2: <Huh>? Well, she <laughs> was... You know, she was barely civil to me when I saw her today with Jack... I understand they're engaged, too.
1: Well, as my sister Edna says, quote, the only thing wrong with the younger generation is that it grows older.
2: Unquote. Unquote.
1: What does that mean?
3: Prime Photographer, starring Stotts Cotsworth as Casey, is brought to you each Thursday by Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation. Makers of Fire King Oven Glass, Anchor Glass Containers, Anchor Caps and Closures, all products of Anchor Hawking, the most famous name in glass. Rhyme Photographer is directed by John Beats. The original music is by Archie Blyer, and the program features Miss Jan Minor as Anne and John Gibson as Ethelbert. The part of Jack Cliffside was played by Jack Grimes, and Herman Chittison is the blue note pianist. This is Tony Marvin. Saying goodnight for the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation of Lancaster, Ohio, with offices in all principal cities of the United States and Canada. Thursday night on CBS is the biggest show in town, so stay tuned for exciting dramatizations on Reader's Digest Radio Edition, which follows immediately over most of these stations. <laughs>
0: Welcome back. This is actually the third time the episode was used on a crime photographer. It appeared actually twice in 1944. A Blue Note Bulletin notes that uh, the reason it might have been run twice in 1944 was that uh, the time slot changed radically. It was airing five hours earlier, so it was pretty easy to recycle a script from when the program was airing later in the day. Of course, this is not a typical episode we play on Great Detectives, or a typical Casey episode for that matter. I do have a soft spot in my heart for those episodes, which really do highlight the detective's just trying to be good people and helping people out. It does strike me as something that's very true to who Casey is as a character. Although the character of both Jack and his girlfriend were both pretty over the top. And both Casey and Blackie made uh, kind of stupid mistakes uh, during the uh, standoff at the end. So a bit mixed on this one. Uh, Blue Note Bulletin uh, also does note that this wasn't the script that was originally supposed to So, either there was some problem with the cast, or the script somehow uh, wasn't ready in time. Of note is the actor who played Jack, is uh, Jack Grimes. Uh, Jack Grimes uh, was uh, the actor who... uh, was the second Jimmy Olsen on The Adventures of Superman. He took over the role from Jackie Kelk in uh, 1948. And he also went on to uh, voice Jimmy Olsen in The New Adventures of Superman. And he also played uh, the voice of Chim Chim and Sparky on Speed Racer. Uh, So those were his big uh, voice acting credits. Uh, And he had been involved in radio since childhood, Uh, and there was one note actually on his Wikipedia page, it's not supported anywhere, and I'm a little bit dubious of it, uh, because there's no source cited, that it says on Wikipedia that by the age of 12, uh, he was appearing in 35 to 40 radio programs per week. That just seems a bit improbable. Even if they were serialized shows, that would be a lot. And based on the sort of programs that I've heard, uh, generally uh, a lot of uh, radio just avoided having child actors or uh, used adults, uh, so having that many uh, come in, yeah, that seems far-fetched. But then again, that might be biased by the type of shows that have survived and the type that I've heard. But at any rate, that's what Wikipedia says, even though I can't find any independent source that uh, supports it. I want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you so much to Scott, Patreon supporter since June 2016, currently supporting us at the master detective level of $15 or more per month. And that will do it for today. If you do enjoy this podcast, I do encourage you to rate it, and we also welcome reviews. If you are listening to this on uh, YouTube, be sure to... Um, Select subscribe, and also uh, check the notification bell to uh, learn when new episodes are uploaded to YouTube. Join us back here tomorrow for The Fat Man, and then next Monday, another episode of Casey Crime Photographer. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives.